Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. This is the Grit and Barrett Podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Calder Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a show within a podcast network, a little something we like to call Game Over, where we say goodbye to almost every NHL team, whether they want to or not. Thank you to everyone who listened to last week's episode as we covered the Dallas Stars, but this time we're going all the way to the Great White North, and this was the first team that was eliminated technically all the way back in March, and unfortunately, due to real-world things, it was the only time I could bring them on. This team was founded officially in 1917. They have 24 modern Stanley Cups to their name. If you add in the pre-era, it is 36. They have a lot of names and numbers in their rafters. Unfortunately, one of them being the late Guy Lafleur this season. And their last cup win was all the way back in 1993. They play all the way up in the Great White North. I'm talking about Les Inhabitants de Montreal. Oh, I mean the Montreal Canadiens for us filthy, dirty Americans. And, of course, talking about them are none other than Bayou Benders joining me who cover the Inhabitants. So, brother, welcome aboard, my man. Hey, Rich. How you doing, man? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And, uh... Uh, kid from the south is going to talk a little uh, Montreal Canadiens. I'm sorry, our uh, our other host Mason couldn't make it. We're still dealing with a little uh, computer problems on his end, but uh, I'll do my best to uh, not embarrass the sanctity of the Canadians. Uh, but they did pretty good this season on their own. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. I was going to say that myself. <laughs> so I, I would apologize, but I do not speak French. So. Let's let that great out of either. <laughs> no, no. So I will ask you the same thing I ask everyone. What happened? What happened to the Canadians this season? Stanley Cup final visit last year, the pride of Canada, and then Yeah, uh man, it, it was tough. Uh we knew we were gonna have uh a, a bit of a difference coming into this season. Um, honestly, I think it was weird. Um, 
Bergevin really didn't have a contract coming in. Uh, you, we saw a lot of stuff happen in the offseason that really just trickled down into us deteriorating. Uh, honestly, um, not signing Phil Deneau, not giving Phil Deneau an extra uh, half a million dollars uh, to stay put. I mean, I'd give him, I would have given him six. Uh, if you look at his season he had with L.A., it was absolutely unreal. It was his best of his, his entire career. Um, and then it, it, just a lot of boneheadedness in the, in the beginning um, and a lot of uh, misfortunes like, uh, you know, Carey Price um, taking some time off. He wasn't ready to come back and then admitting he had a problem, which is uh, the most respectful and correct thing to do uh, to get himself some help. And uh, it really fell down, you know, it just – one after another, you know, uh, we, we were like, okay, well, we have Jake Allen. And then Jake Allen got hurt like four times this season, uh, despite him being as, as good as he can be, uh, a lackluster coaching um, situation where we, we see uh, the, the absolute Calder snub gets sent down to the AHL. Uh, he comes back and <laughs> I, think he, I think he was uh, one goal away from being the leader of rookies at the end of the season. And it, Richie, uh, honestly, this has been the hardest season to watch in a, in a, in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's not pretty when you go from being, like we said, cup finals visit last year, a shortened season in COVID and all that. We, we, we get that. But, hey, your name's still in the history books. And Absolutely, you just yeah. you, you you go from that to just the bottom of the barrel and just everything falls out. You said Bergevin was working without a contract. He was he didn't have a well, contract. They they hadn't. Uh, let me rephrase that. They they weren't. Um, how do I say it? He was under contract, but I guess they weren't. I think his contract was coming up, and they weren't sure if they were going to resign him. So there was like that weird. Um, I don't want to call it a stalemate, but it was, it just seemed like he wasn't getting a re-sign. Um, and therefore you got a guy that's making all these moves that one, maybe he's not sure he's staying and two, maybe the organization isn't sure that he's going to stay. It's, it was just, uh, it's kind of a tough situation. I feel like he, he made, I mean, if you look at his tenure as trades and, and drafts and all that, it seemed like he was just making moves to keep his job, which is inevitably what they do. But it seemed like he's been playing with that last poker chip for a while and, you know, like doing these uh, not rebuilds, but just retoolings and, and moving uh, essential parts out that maybe could have lasted a little bit longer. Or um, like, I mean, I said it earlier uh, with Philip Deneau, you move Philip Deneau. OK, well, then we're thinking we're going to see uh, Kotkin Yemi get some more play time. Instead, we get we get put in a situation where Kotkaniemi goes to the you know the Hurricanes, which I mean I don't blame him. I think he got like eight million dollars for, for one year, and then we get to see what happens to him after that. But it stalemates us completely, and then okay, now we're gonna. I think we gave up a first overall pick, another, I think a third, and we brought in Dvorak, and Dvorak was okay, but it was it just felt like we didn't go into. Uh, this season or this off season with any type of uh, outline, we just were panicking. Like, how do I keep my job? How do I stay with this? You know, with this team I've been with for nine years, and I, I felt like it's been like that for a lot longer. I felt it was a lot of uh, high risk. You know, n- no real 
high reward situation for him. He did draft uh, Cole Caulfield, so he, he does have that for him. But um, it, it was tough. It was a tough offseason. <laughs> you say poker chip, and um, I hear a friend of the podcast, um, the the great Utree, uh, uh, mentioned him with a gambler's mentality all the time. And when, when you said poker chip, that really reminded me of that. I mean, especially last uh, last year was it two seasons ago? The questionable first round draft pick, and just so many decisions from Berge- Bergevin. It just seemed like his time was coming up. Either he was going to be fired, or he just walked out the door. And it just seemed like he walked out the door. Your head coach, which had the most random French Canadian name I had ever heard. Um, you know what was shown out the door, but you got Marty out of it. Oh, That's I, a good thing. You know, honestly, um, a lot of people, you know, like like Habs Twitter's a, a really like back and forth group. They're either like really upset with something, or they're you know they, they rarely back something. And the group has been backing Martin St. Louis, um, but the whole time with Dom Ducharme was you know everybody's like he's got to go and then like some of the you know some of the i don't want to say elite uh guys but you know there there was people that you know they people heed the what they say and all that and they were saying like well what's the point of moving him now there's no one really out there um that i guess we would want as an organization um but there's just not a lot out there yet why don't why why well, jump in so early? And honestly, I never thought of uh, Martin St. Louis. Uh, it never even crossed my mind. Um, I was still upset we didn't go after uh, Gerard Gallant. Um, and then Martin St. Louis pops up one day, and I was like, you know, this could work. And, uh, you know, we didn't have the best end to the season, but it did absolutely uh, become like a fun watching team again. Like, you could just see the heart was back in the game. And I know that the coach coach changes can can lead that to for guys, but um, he's just such a, a he was such a fantastic hockey player, a Hall of Famer, and uh, he's a guy that's relatable to everyone on the bench, not just the superstars. He's undrafted, you know. A lot of people, a lot of teams wouldn't even give him a chance, and uh, he had to fight for his role. And I and like I love that so much about him because you can you can see like Cole Caulfield picking up stuff from him. You can see. You know Jeff Petrie, like you can, uh, like all the way down to like a Michael Pozzetta, like every level is getting something from him. It, he's just so one likable and so like uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, great stuff. That's that that that's great stuff, and we'll see what he does move moving forward. So let's start looking into the future a little bit. Let's look into the summer. Um, I was taking a look at a Cap Friendly Hero website that no hockey podcaster should be without. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of expirings coming off the books, but you guys have a crap ton of draft picks, including number one, all the way at the top, you went wrong for right. So, um, so uh, Shane Wright going to be coming into your future? Like, what is this going to be just a complete retool rebuild during this offseason i don't think we're gonna see the biggest re uh rebuild i know like it was really nice for them to say that they're gonna you know like when gordon and hughes came on you know they said that they were gonna bring in uh like a, a more 
not heavily analytics, but they're going to start accepting it into the system, which is like we've it, it's like we're such a dinosaur before these guys came on. It was like there was no analytics thought of or anything like that. Um, I do think we're going to see a lot of changes because this team will, you know, this new uh, higher office group is going to want to bring in their, their type of guys and all that stuff. And, and I, I'm all down for it. I'm, I'm going to ride or die with uh, Gordon and Hughes. Um, but we are definitely taking uh, Shane Wright uh, after the season like that. I just think it works out. Um, just the way that the kid presents himself, uh, me and me and Mason delved into it uh, two or three episodes back. Um, and just, just the way he, like he's, like I said, he carries himself. Uh, and some of the, some of the quotes he's got, you know, he's just, he walks a fine line between like cocky and confident and he's more confident than anything. And, and you know, he just wants to, he wants to show you why he should be the number one draft pick. And it's not based off of uh, flashiness. It's, it, it's all based off to him. He believes it's his effort, his worth ethic and his ability to bring a, a winning mentality back to this team uh i love the way the kid talks i love his game some people said his game might have fallen off but i think that this you know the next the the last uh draft to like the you know maybe two or three after that it's gonna be a bit of a wild card because these kids lost a whole year of development maybe a little bit more and you know to see what he was capable of doing uh i believe he played for the the Fontenacs, uh, but they, they made it to the playoffs. He was on a line with two rookies, so he got a chance to play um, not so much like an offensive poise, but to, to really help develop a couple of young guys and, and help them in the future. I like that they gave him that opportunity. It, it shows like a leadership at a young age for him, and I really do appreciate that in, in a young player. Uh, he seems like he's the like the real deal. You know, I, I don't expect him to come out – and score a million goals, but I think he's going to bring something to this team that we've been lacking for a little bit. Good stuff, and there's, of course, high expectations when you get drafted by a team such as Montreal. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) If if I'm reading this correctly, um, you guys have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the first three rounds, ten in the first four, and 14 overall. Um, th- th- that's going to be a great way to uh, replenish the, uh, the the system. It's definitely in a good position to be in, especially when we see a lot of GMs who just trade away draft pick like they're Halloween candy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, we, we do that from time to time, but um, like last year and this year, now last year uh, definitely didn't go the way that probably we expected it to. But uh, I love that. I love that we uh, like – the, the next year, you know, we, we don't have as much, but I guarantee you it'll it'll get we'll, – we'll get like a, a good grouping of draft picks. And I really love that about this team is that uh, we might not develop the right way, and hopefully that's changing with, with all the – excuse me, the changes that are coming in. But um, we do we do try to draft well, and we have an, a great opportunity with this draft. Uh, you know, uh, they're saying that there's not a lot of flash right up front but there, it, it's a it's a really deep draft, and that's what we're hoping to get out of uh, with, with these top, you know, these first seven-ish picks. Um, we got one at the tail end of uh, the first, and then one at the very beginning of the second. So, uh, if, if you're interested in fantasy, that's that's a pretty good one for us. <laughs> you know, we're going to get a, a guy who probably fell a little late, and we're going to get a guy who fell a little bit further than he expected. Or uh, Jeff Hughes and Gordon have shown that they're not afraid to. Uh, 
to make some moves. I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, that low. I think it's the 26th overall pick, 25th, somewhere around there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets uh, lump, lumped in to, to make a move that they believe will uh, you know help us out in the, in the long run. Indeed. I mean, trust me, we'll we'll have the draft and then in three or four years, some uh, random blogger will do about who won the 2022 draft. Yeah. It'll happen. <laughs> and just to piggyback on what you said, you had the 26 IE Calgary's pick because of trading away Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but before we go on, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. But before we continue with Game Over or the Grits and Barrett podcast, hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings, sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for you for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlays by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and much more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is secure, safe, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. See show notes for details down in the description. And now on with the show. And we're back here on Game Over here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Now, before we go on, just to let everyone know who listens to this, this is not a comprehensive breakdown of what went wrong with with whatever team we are covering. If you want a more detailed as to what went wrong or or right, please subscribe to this podcast that we are we are interviewing right now being Bayou Benders. So now it is time for the sneaky question where this is all spontaneous, unrehearsed, where I'm going to ask a question where they don't even know what's coming. I don't even know what's coming. So it's good content here for here for the podcast. Do it for the content, as I heard somebody say once. There you go. So your so your question is concerning the Canadians. What should fans expect? And we might have talked about this a little bit. Is next season going to be a reload, a rebuild, or a retooling? What should fans realistically expect? Um, I'm really hoping it's a, it's a rebuild. Um, I'm really uh, I'm going to hate to see a lot of guys go, um, but I really think that that's in our best interest uh, to move forward. Now I know that we could retool, and you know we could we can do what we just did last year. Uh, it's going to take a while, 
But I honestly think that with the new group in and the way that they want to run things, I'd love for them to just dissect what they want and rebuild it. I'm sick of uh, retools and uh, we, we almost make the playoffs and make a first round appearance. You know, um, honestly, I'd rather, I don't see this season, this season coming up. I say we're going to be uh, hunt the hunt for a five, uh, 500 over. You just, you know, like a, a middle, a middle of the pack group. Um, but I honestly hope that we, uh, we take into account how hard it's been and, and just the, how the retool only works if you're you're that close, and I don't think we're that close. It definitely showed it last year. Uh, this is a rebuilding team, and I hope that they just just kind of strip it down and keep what they want and move forward and give us something uh, that the Montreal Canadian fans and the organization could be proud of. Bonus question, or Brucey bonus question, to quote friend OS Dub friends of the podcast here. Uh, we know that this is actually a little bit of Jersey talk. Um, we know the retro reverses are coming back next year, correct? I hope so. They are God. The the Canadians ones were beautiful. Uh, I'm so upset with myself that I didn't get one right <laughs> away. Um, and now, like, I'm regretting it. I need to get one of those blue ones. So, um, how do you think the Canadians are going to approach it, considering they haven't really changed their jerseys? Since like the 1930s, like maybe something like the Winter Classic one you have behind you, mm-hmm. they could do. I would love that. Um, it, honestly, they they have this idea of if it's broke, don't fix it. They're not big into changing things, but this is a new group. I know Molson still owns the team and all that, but hopefully we do see a little bit of uh, you know some spontaneousness with this logo. Um, I would love this logo in mm-hmm. like a red. Or swap it out with that nice blue, and then you know just just do a little color scheme swap. But uh, if they stuck with the the blue ones from two years ago, hey, I loved it. I love that we uh, we tried to wear them every time we played Toronto. I hope we can continue <laughs> on with that. Uh, it was a great uh, it was a great little back and forth between them. But uh, whatever they go with, uh, I love I love the logo, love the jerseys. I haven't really seen one other than that horrific. I think it was twenty. 2009, maybe the uh, the candy cane winter. Oh, the bar the, that were. Oh, the uh, the barbershop pole ones. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> like those. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it's one of one of uh, you know. I think we've had like 15 or 16 different looks. They're not much of a difference, you know. But uh, uh, only one that I didn't really sit well with me. But uh, I, I'd love to see a little bit of change with it, uh, especially since it's just a chance to. To, to see a little fun, bring a little mod, you know, modernness to, to the team, uh, to all the teams, honestly. But I know that they're gonna. It's it's gonna be something small, like uh, the Islanders. You know, Lou, Lou wouldn't <laughs> let them do anything. It was just no. like a, a minor tweak, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I hated those Islanders retro reverse. Mm-hmm. Just you know, bland and boring, in my opinion. So <laughs> so let's take a look at October. So. So why should Habs fans be optimistic heading into next season? Oh, man. Well, you know, uh, you got Cole Caulfield to look forward to. Uh, Martin St. Louis trying to uh, revigorate this group, revitalize them. Um, We don't even know what this team's going to look like next year, but I guarantee it's going to be something fun to watch. Um, Nick Suzuki had a tremendous... uh, 
chance at a season, you know, where he came off of, a, I believe, a 60-point one previously. Um, Nick Suzuki is just uh, – he's getting a lot of uh, accolades and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's in the hunt. They, they said that there's a – I believe they were looking to, to captain somebody. Uh, if they go ahead and do that, I think Nick Suzuki, while he might be a little young, I think he's a, he's an ample candidate for it along with, you know, like veterans like Brendan Gallagher. Uh, Shit, I'd love to see uh, Joel Edmondson. I think he'd be a great fit to hold it for a little while. Um, I just think that this team, it's its still going to be a challenge. You know, we're not going into it saying we're, we're back in the in the playoff hopes. This is going to be a, a tough season coming up, but it's going to be – we've hit the bottom. You know, that's why we're doing game over. That's why mm-hmm. we're the bottom of the, you know, the barrel. Um, it can't get any worse. We've already accepted that. We've seen that on ice, and now – you know, we get to see the progressions forward, and, and I, I'm nothing but thankful and happy that that's over with. We can we can move <laughs> forward. Agreed, uh, agreed. And uh, so we're gonna flip the script on that. Why should Habs fans be depressed heading into October? Oh man, uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see some guys go. It's gonna be tough. Um, you know, league fan favorites and stuff like that and then honestly you're looking at guys like Lecky who's you know gonna have a chance to to get back and, and hopefully get to lift the Stanley Cup uh, guys from previous years you know Philip the uh, and see them be successful and just just wish that you know all the changes we made were being made with them in mind instead they're you know they're far from us now but uh it's it's still going to be a grind of a season like I said it, there's going to be be some tough games ahead of us, but um, I really don't think it could get any worse than the Dom Ducharme era. So. <laughs> well, well, you're right. As the Koala and Sing once said, when you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up. But up. <laughs> but sometimes, just when you think you're hitting rock bottom, you're just really changing out drill bits. So I don't I I, I honestly I, I believe you joking aside I believe you I think I think we're going to see the Canadians make a little bit of a comeback in 22-23 and I think if this team is 500 or in the mix I think it'll be considered a uh, a success. I mean with the Canadians yes you have very high expectations as someone who covers a team that always has cup or bust expectations mm-hmm. that comes with it. But as is the golden rule here on Game Over, we say this to the Canadians, and I'm not even going to attempt this in French-Canadian, we say Game Over to the Montreal Canadiens. Thank you for playing this season. You know, bye, Benders. Thank you very much for coming on, man. Before we let you go, we'll give you a minute here or so to promote your podcast or whatever else you're working on. So, my friend, the board is thine. Thank you. Yeah, uh, if you guys are interested in keeping up with the Montreal Canadiens, you can definitely do so uh, by listening, following us on Twitter at Habs Nightly. Uh, our podcast is obviously called Habs Nightly. Uh, if you want to make fun of me for something boneheaded, like I said, like uh, not mentioning, uh, to look forward to Shane Wright next year with Cole Caulfield. But uh, if any ridiculous comment you want to make, you can always leave us something at our speak pipe for our episode. Uh, we'll read them on air and you know, have a debate about them, but that's at uh, www.speakpipe.com forward slash Habs Nightly. Uh, Richie, it's just been a pleasure pleasure being on here, man, honestly. Hey, thank you very much for uh, for coming on. And, you know, you were 
you were like when I started, you know, got this back up and running about two weeks ago. You were the first one to say, "All right, you're doing game over. When are we going to get on?" Yeah. And, and 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 you and and you were right. You you're the first team eliminated. You should have gotten uh, first in line. But good to, good to have you on. A bit of a delay, and um, it was good talking to you, brother. And take care take care of yourself down there. Absolutely, Rishi. Thank you. And to all of you out there, thank you for joining us in Game Over. As next time, we're going all the way to the west side of Pennsylvania, and we're going to talk about some good, old-fashioned, wholesome Yinzer hockey. I can hear some of you cursing out there as we speak. But as always, my name's Richard Blosser. Thank you for joining me on Game Over, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network, where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020 to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears.